buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. In the world of sales, you either sink, swim, or break through to the next level. My name's Colin Mitchell, and this is Sales Transformation, a new kind of sales show designed to bring you through the epic, life-changing moments of elite sellers so you can experience your own sales transformation. All right, welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation. And as always, I've got an awesome guest for you today. I'm going to be talking with Cole Schaefer. Uh, he runs a small writing shop called Honey Copy, uh, where he works with brands of all shapes and sizes on writing words that read like poetry and sell like Ogilvy. Oh, there we go. You kind of twisted me up there, man. Some creative copy. <laughs> uh, so we're going to dig into Cole's experience specifically, and we're going to talk a little bit about the work that he does and how copywriting could help sellers and maybe some things that they could do to level up their skills in that arena. Cole, welcome to Sales Transformation. What's up, man? I am uh, excited to be here. Awesome, man. You got a, a bike hanging there in your background. Are you a, are you a cyclist? Uh, I'm not a cyclist, but I'm a, a big fan of kind of older school uh, things. I drive a 89 uh, Range Rover, and that's not me bragging. It was uh, it has about 185,000 miles on it, so it's it's by no means like spick and span. But yeah, there's something about vintage stuff, and um, I saw that bike or my dad saw that bike at this like little yard sale and it was selling for 50 bucks and so i got new tires on it and yeah i like to ride it around here in east nashville from time to time nice looks cool i love it uh Thanks, makes man. a good conversation piece for sure yeah yeah <laughs> uh so just tell give me the quick version here like where did it all kind of start for cole and what's your sales experience been and then let's kind of dig into the juicy stuff of you know how sellers can use copywriting to sell more crap <laughs> yeah man absolutely so i uh I got into copywriting. Um, I kind of fell into it. I was uh, working at a small ad agency in my hometown. This was, I mean, probably about five, five, six years ago. And I hated my job, um, absolutely despised it. I'm not cut out for the office life. And so I quit um, and I got a job tearing out carpet. Um, so I'd go into these old apartment buildings, tear out this nasty carpet, um, and I got paid uh, cash to do that, which was sweet because at the time, you know, I was young and probably wasn't as worried about taxes and stuff like that. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I would tear out carpet from like 7 a.m. to 3, 3 p.m., get off work. I'd start to write. 
uh, reach out, cold email a bunch of different brands and businesses and say, hey, do you need you know someone to write your blogs? Do you need someone to... I was just constantly pitching myself. Yeah. Um, and eventually after doing that for a while, I got to this place where I didn't have to work construction and tear out carpet and do a bunch of odd jobs. I had uh, gathered enough business that it supported me um, outside of outside of all of that. So I kind of put my the blue collar work behind me. Mm. I love so, a couple things about that, right? So you had a job in the office that you hated, uh, but the, the alternative was to go rip out carpet. Right? <laughs> like so, yeah. But you were willing to make that sacrifice to be able to do something uh, that was yours, that was your own, that you enjoy doing on your terms, right? Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. And I, I mean, I think that, you know, Something I'll say too is uh, there's there is something about like my a lot of my my grandfather and his grandfather they were blacksmiths and so there's sort of a long lineage of of blue collar workers in my family and um, you know there's there's a lot of of beauty in that and it was funny how like I almost preferred to do that versus working the desk job at uh, a place I I, I kind of despised. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my first job was was uh, lugging around furniture, right? Nothing uh, sexy, but like yeah. I was young and I got to be outside and lift heavy stuff and stay in shape and mm -hmm. I didn't mind it much. Uh, but for me, it was, you know, when I got my first sales job, that was like my way out, you know, yeah. and it was in the office. But when you're in sales, it's a little different. Like uh -huh. you, you, uh, you kind of run your own business within the business, mm -hmm. you know, and as long as you're putting numbers up on the board, people don't really bother you too much. Absolutely. It's, I don't, I don't view sales as a, uh, a, a desk job by any means. And, and I'll put an asterisk there and say, Hey, if like, that's what you want and, and you, you, you prefer to kind of work the standard nine to five, like more power to you, you know, but sales definitely is kind of a, my dad's a, a real estate agent. He's been for two decades and, um, it's cool to see him. Uh, he's been really successful in it and he makes completely his own schedule. You know, I feel like as long as salespeople are, are selling, you know, they, they probably have a, a ton of freedom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in, 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 you know, salespeople or entrepreneurs, I mean, if you want to be an entrepreneur, like sales is, is the number, I say this all the time. It's the number one skill that you should learn, unless you're an awesome copywriter like yourself and, yeah. and you can use the magic of words, you know, to get people interested in learning more uh, about what you do. But in, even in that case, you got to have both skills, right? So I kind of want to, um, you know, switch the, you turn the chapter here a little bit and just kind of dig into like the, the, the copywriting work that you do, how that could help, you know, sellers in their content or writing blogs or reaching out to prospects. Like what are some things that people can do to like sort of flex their copywriting muscle? Sure. So I think that's kind of a, maybe a two part, two part answer. I mean, first and foremost, to, to become a a better copywriter, <clears throat> you just have to write a lot. You know, you just have to to write a lot. And and I'd say for most salespeople, they're probably writing a lot of emails and probably doing cold outreach that way and following up with clients that way. And something I would just encourage them to do is uh, where they might generally use cliches in their emails. You know, like um, you know, mm -hmm. I feel like something I get all the all the time is I hope this email finds you well. You know, try to say something different. <laughs> that one right drives there. me nuts. Yeah, like 
try to try to say something a little bit different there. You know, uh, at the end of the email, something I really struggle with is, or I shouldn't even say struggle with. I've gotten in the habit of like always writing cheers, comma, Cole, you know, and I'm like, what the fuck am I cheersing to? You know, why? Like I caught myself the other day thinking, why am I? cheersing like cheersing to my clients like just say <laughs> thanks or don't yeah. even say anything just say cole and so i think one way to be a better copywriter just in the world of sales is um kind of look at the phrasing that everybody uses you know the i hope this email finds you well uh you know the 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 jargon and just say something very very different you know instead of i hope this email finds you well um, you know, say something funny about like your day and, and just creating like more of a personal tone, like in your emails mm -hmm. without, you know, losing that professionalism, you know, that is, is important to a degree in sales. And then I'd say like another tip is, um, you know, read, uh, like for a lot of times, I think for salespeople, especially they're amazing when it comes to verbally selling something, but then when they have to sell it via text, you know, or through the written format, there's there's kind of a a divide there a little bit because they're just two totally different skills. One's written and one's a verbal communication. Um, something you could do is like actually record yourself pitching the sale to someone, mm. play back the recording, and then kind of like write down the bits in your pitch that sound really really solid. Like oh shit, like two minutes in, you know I made a really good point here. Write that down like in an email. Have have a have a notes pad with like all of your one-liners or your sales pitches and, and just perfect those. And so you can start verbally and then you can pull them out of your recording and actually like write them. And, and two things will happen. One, um, just naturally like your copy is going to take on a much more conversational tone because it's coming from a place of like actually saying it verbally. But then I think like with that too, um, you'll be able to trans like translate some of that sales magic to your copy um, because it'll, it'll literally feel like someone's you know like that you're the per the receiver will feel like someone's speaking to them so that's how you that's how you get better um, I think how sales copy can help people um, especially like sales people is um, when I'm I remember like earlier on in my career when like now a lot of my my leads are inbound. So people will find me through SEO or sign up for my newsletters. And then by the time I'm on the phone with them, they're already a hot lead. Um, but earlier on in my career, when I was having to do a ton of cold outreach, something I found was that like, by writing really solid emails, really solid cold emails, if I did it right and we had a decent exchange, by the time we got on the phone, it didn't, it didn't feel like a cold lead anymore. It actually felt like kind of a warm lead, like we had, uh, built up some rapport. And so I would just view, uh, I would view copywriting and writing emails specifically, not as a, um, as part of the job, you know, but as like a really great opportunity to, um, put yourself in a great position to actually close the sale. Um, once you get on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, so many good things in there. I don't even know where to start, but, um, let's just go back for a second, right? The, the idea of like recording your, your, your pitch, um, you could even like transcribe that, right. And then like yeah. pick some nuggets out of there and maybe like tune them up. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's, that's a, that's something that I've never considered that I think is a great place for people to start. Um, so thanks for dropping that tip. Really appreciate that. Um, and I love the piece of where you're saying, you know, 
that because of your copy or your newsletter or the content or the things that you're doing, um, people are such more of a warm lead when you actually have a conversation with them, mm -hmm. um, which is such an important piece because it's really common for a seller to have a conversation, whether that's, you know, a discovery call or a Zoom call or whatever in the beginning of the sales process. And then the follow-up after that conversation is some highly templated, corporate, cliche piece of crap that you're like, Who, that is not the person that I just had a call with. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's a huge opportunity because I think prospects really are looking for like some consist consistency, like who you are online, who you are when you meet and have a conversation, who you are through email. There needs to be some consistency there. And when there's not, it's like a big red flag. Mm -hmm. Totally. It totally is, man. And, you know, um, I uh, listened to this amazing podcast uh, called How to Take Over the World, which is a really douchey title, but it it it's it just is great content and and basically this guy looks at like some of the world's greatest leaders like uh, Philip the Great and Napoleon Bonaparte and uh, Julius Caesar and what something that a lot of them had in common was that they were prolific um, letter writers so they're constantly mm -hmm. writing letters to to other people just staying like just just trying to inspire them trying to stay connected trying to get stuff done. Um, and I think that there's something to be said about bringing that into sort of like the modern day a little bit is not viewing your emails as like, Hey, I'm going to just copy and paste this template, you know, that I'm sending to everyone, but instead viewing literally every single email that you're sending to, uh, your, I don't like, I don't love the word network, but let's just say prospects or people that you're doing business with viewing every single email is almost like a something that's authentic, strictly like an authentic conversation between you and that person. Um, and I just think that if you're willing to put in that little extra work, um, yeah, you're just going to build a longer term uh, relationship with them. And I found like with my own business, getting a, getting a hot lead in, doing a quick project, making a couple grand, that's awesome. But where like most of my money comes from uh, are the relationships that that I've had for three and four years where we haven't done just one project, but we've done seven projects over the course of three years and they've referred me to this person and that person. And so I think it's just really important to, yeah, obviously ca cast a wide net and hopefully work with a bunch of different people. And, but, but really like try to, to prioritize, prioritize the conversations you're having with like your, your, your heavy hitters. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's an opportunity for, you know, to deliver such a great experience that they become, you know, super referral partners, centers of influence, super fans, whatever you want to call them, mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. that are willing to recommend you to their friends. Um, you know, that's, that's a, that's a bigger win than a one-time one-off project, you know, Way from bigger. somebody. And, yeah. and I think that in that like follow-up of like after the call where a lot of times, you know, what, whatever, phase of the sales, you know, process that you're in, typically, you know, your cadence is you have a call and then there's like an, if you're, if, if you're 
if you're a real sales professional, like if you're really doing things right, and, and some people don't even do this, but there's typically a follow-up there in between mm-hmm. the next steps or the next call, right? You're going to do like a post, you know, mortem of, of like, hey, here's what we, you know, talked about on the call. Here's, you know, clear next steps. Here's some notes. Here's some of my recommendations. Here's how we can move forward. Whatever that looks like, there's an opportunity to shine there, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 and with bad copy or templated, you know, uh, marketing crap that, you know, somebody put in a folder for you to use isn't going to do the job. No, absolutely not. So, and I know there's like, there's been, you know, I'm not a copywriting expert, so I'm just genuinely curious your opinion on this. Um, but there's, there's been sort of, you know, where there's still a lot of people that write this sort of long form copy, right? And then there's, you know, short copy. Mm-hmm. I believe there's places for both in, in mm-hmm. different things, but I'm curious to take, see what your opinion is on like short copy versus long copy and sort of like what, where are those, you know, serving best? Sure. So I, I, tend to feel that shorter is better. And so anytime, actually like anytime I'm writing a sales email where the sales email might be longer, you know, where we're saying it's stretching for three, four or 500 words, I always add in a little TLDR at the top of the email and basically summarize the entire email in two to three sentences. Because I just think like you, especially in this day and age where the people you're reaching out to, they're on Twitter, they're on Instagram, they're in email, they're on, they're on LinkedIn, like they're on LinkedIn, they are constantly being pulled in and out of meetings. Like you just have to have a tremendous amount of respect for their time. And not that I don't think there's a time or a place for the long two, 3000 word sales email or sales letter. Um, but I think Nowadays, with people's attention spans being a little bit, well, I'm going to just say much, much shorter, you're yeah. better off having a two to three sentence long email with a very specific call to action at the end. Like, let, like, are you available Tuesday at this time? You know, or um, we talked about doing the demo. Let's do the demo at this time. Like having having a very specific call to action at the end of that. I always think that that's going to perform better than doing something much, much longer. Yeah. I mean, I know even just from my own experience in sending, you know, campaigns or even just the the junk that I see show up in my inbox, you know, in, in most cases, if it looks too long and it doesn't catch my attention, like mm-hmm. right away, I'm not even reading it. It's Man. going straight, straight to the, straight, straight to the trash. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, I get a lot of young, you know, younger writers that reach out to me that are maybe in college or a year or two out and they want to pursue a career in copywriting and they have all the time in the world and they're enthusiastic and they write me these emails that are like 500 words long, um, expecting that I'm, that I'm going to read them all the way through. And, and, and something like I try to remind people to think about is, you know, let's say you place I think everyone should have an, a number in mind of like how much their hours worth, you know, um, for some people that might be $500 for others that might be $50, but let's say like your hours worth $50, right? Um, and someone's reaching out to you with an email that's 400 words long. It takes you 10 minutes to read another 20 minutes to respond. Basically what that person is expecting is saying like, 
you're paying me 25, you're literally paying me $25 just to listen to me. And it's just, it's kind of pretentious when you think about it. And so when you look at it that way, you start having a much greater respect for the people <clears throat> that you're reaching out to. And so like one of the um, lessons I always teach like young copywriters when they reach out to me with a super long email is I'll say, write me again, hit me with two to three sentences and give me a very clear idea of like exactly what you want me to help you with. And yeah. it's, it's amazing how um, I will either never get an email back from them or the ones that I do will take the time to make it shorter. It's like that famous line by, uh, uh, I believe it's like Blaise Pascal. It's like, if I had more time, I would have written a shorter letter. Um, I do think that there is an, a, an amount of thoughtfulness that goes into taking the time to crunch down your words, to cut the fat, and to just get like directly to the point. Not a lot of people want to do it because they don't have that kind of time. Mm. And so do you, <clears throat> do you typically have a process where like you write a longer version and then settle with a smaller version that sums up sort of like what you've written or do you just go straight to like a shorter version, short copy, you know, two, three sentence type of, uh, email when you're, when you're, when yeah, you're I mean, it totally, like, it totally will de depend on the process. Like sometimes I'll write an email and generally like when I'm writing an email, sort of my dimensions I'm having in mind is I'm going to use, um, 12 point font, and I'm never going to draw the email out longer than a single page in Google Docs. And that that includes like the the subject line, the preview text, <clears throat> the actual email itself, the spacing in the, the email. Like I never want that to go longer than a single page. And if it ever goes longer, then it means I've I've gotten way too long winded. But from there, like something I try to do is I try to um, play a game where like I, I'll highlight all the copy, look at what the word count is, and then see if I can cut the fat by like 25%. Um, because it's always gonna get, the, the copy's always gonna get better. If you, there, there's, you can always find 25% of the fat you can cut out. Um, and I think generally speaking, the copy's gonna get better if you do that. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's a, that's a great um, tip on a process to sort of cut it and look at it and preview yeah. it. Um, but yeah, so you're, you're thinking of everything. What's going to be shown in the preview for the subject, the preview, the space, everything. Totally. Yeah. And, and what are some, I mean, what are some, uh, techniques or tips that you have for people that are like looking to catch people's attention early on, like first line of the email? Mm-hmm. Uh, like first line of the email. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a couple different like ways people think like go hyper personalized, be relevant, mix of both, be funny, you know, be bold. Like, I don't know what, what are, what have you seen that's worked best in the work that you've done? Yeah. So I would say make your subject lines, uh, uh, close to ridiculous. You know, I mean, I think that like, especially if it's a cold email where, where people are getting just smacked with, dozens of cold emails every day. The last thing you want to do is try to make the cold email sound salesy. You're like you're better off just writing in the cold email, like blue sky and, and like make that the subject line because that's going to get open more than, um, you know, claim your demo, you know, or something like that. Like people are just, we, we've sort of been conditioned to turn off when we feel like there's like some crazy sales speak going on. Um, but then in the actual email itself, like after you, say hello or what's up or however you feel like you want to communicate with your, with, with the recipient. You know, I think the anything first other, 
Anything other than I hope this email finds you well? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think first sentence, never use that. But I, I like going with, for a, a short first sentence, you know, so like three to five words. There's, there's kind of this idea in copywriting. It's called the slippery slope. It was thought up by this guy named Joseph Sugarman. And the idea is that um, a sales page or a sales email or a piece of copy should kind of act like a slippery slope where um, as someone's kind of walking by a slope, if they just take a small step over the edge, they slip down further and further to where like they're kind of lost down the page. And how you do that in sales copy is you might make the first sentence really easy to read. So maybe three words, you might make the second sentence four words or five words. You, you short, you make short sentences to kind of get the person person into the copy. And then as you get further into the copy, you can uh, sort of draw out your, your sentences a little longer as you're making points and, and all that. But I found that like short sentences that are punchy, that are interesting, that are different, uh, usually kind of function as a sort of hook to just like get the reader in there, whether it's an actual reader of like fiction or something, but it also works with like a reader who, who might like be a decision maker at a company. Yeah. And do you have a process that you follow for like coming up with that like punchy, short three to five word hook? Um, no, not, not necessarily. I mean, I think at this time I've, I've been doing this long enough that it just kind of comes up naturally. Um, but I would just encourage people that if, uh, look at like the last seven sales emails they've sent, read the first sentence. And then a good practice would be, how can I say this same exact thing in three to five words? Yeah, no, I love that. Awesome. Cole, it's been uh, awesome having you on. I, I learned a few things myself. Really appreciate it. Um, I know there was tons of value in here for the listeners. So what is the best way for people to get in touch with you, to get into your world, uh, or find out about what's going on? Sure, yeah. So um, best place is just honeycopy.com. Uh, and uh, once they get there, they can kind of poke around the site. There's a ton of like free information. Um Definitely check out the newsletters tab in the far right hand corner. Um, there's a couple newsletters there where I'll be in touch if you subscribe to one of those. Um, and then I'm also like pretty active on Instagram, just Cole Schaefer. Um, but that's more like creative poetry, uh, maybe more kind of creative advertising type of stuff. Still really interesting, just like less less to do with sales. Okay. Awesome. We'll drop those links there in the show notes for everyone. If you enjoyed today's episode, please write us a review, share the show with your friends. And as always, we're listening for your feedback. Hey, you stuck around. That tells me you're serious about your own sales transformation. If you're tired of doing things the old way and want to get started in your journey with other people on the same path, head over to salescast.community and crush your numbers on your leaderboard. Yeah, it's free. Salescast.community. Send me a DM with your best pitch and mention this ad and I might even give you free access to our best templates.